Early critic reviews for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania are hitting Rotten Tomatoes. And let me tell you, it's not looking good. Also, The Flash, the trailer came out on Sunday, which was Super Bowl Sunday. A lot of people were hyped about it. But let me tell you something else. I wasn't. And today is Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. And JT is here to give us his top picks for new comic book day. I'm your host, Amir, and this is the One in 100 Podcast. So let's jump into the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania uh, reviews that started showing up from the critics on Rotten Tomato. Uh, it's sitting at a 55% right now, and that's with 122 reviews. Um, as I record this on Tuesday night, uh, that's what it's sitting at, 55%. It could be a little bit higher tomorrow. It could be a little lower tomorrow when you guys are hearing this on Wednesday. But uh, these reviews are... It's somewhat of the same stuff that we were hearing early on that Jonathan Majors is just a beast uh, playing Kang the Conqueror. Um, but I'm not hearing much else about the other cast members uh, in these reviews. But here's one of the reviews right here. This is a splattered tomato. Uh, it says Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania works on one key level, establishing Kang the Conqueror as a truly formidable and worthy villain. Yet with its plunge into inner space, Ant-Man comes up short in almost every other way uh and then another one this is a full uh tomato here this is a full red tomato it says peyton reed and screenwriter jeff loveless loveness seem to have gotten the tone just right this time around so that's a good one right but then you see another uh, red tomato here as I'm scanning through uh, and it says Paul Rudd and majors try to lift up the superhero sequel but it struggles with the non-comedic storytelling and weirdly choppy editing and that was somebody that gave it a you know a regular red juicy tomato so what does this mean for the MCU starting out in um, this is phase five it's not looking good, man. It's not looking good. All right. Fans were not excited about anything uh, that was going on in phase four. Once it came to an end, uh, we were very confused. Uh, most of the movies seemed to have just been like their own separate movies, which is cool. I like that. But it was just weirdly done. Like they really wanted to connect it, but they just had no way of doing it. Um, so. You know, we were hoping that phase five was going to be kicking off uh, in the right direction. And it seems to have fallen flat, according to a lot of these critics right now. Um, and we all know the fan reviews are going to probably be, a, you know, a little bit different, probably higher than what the critics are saying right now, because us fans, we kind of take it a little easy on our on our favorite, uh, you know, universe right now. But man, this is not looking good. And Kevin Foggy actually made some you know statements earlier this week. Uh, or maybe last week saying that this was one of the, you know, this is a very important movie. Everybody needs to go see this movie. And of course he's going to say that, you know, he, he is the face of the MCU, but you know, I w I'm starting to wish that these guys would just start, you know, to, to kind of just be quiet, <laughs> you know, and don't build up so much excitement and hype for this movie for us to go buy these tickets and sit in the theater and kind of be left let down, you know, um, 
Thankfully, you know, Jonathan Majors is in this movie uh, and it seems like everyone is loving what he's bringing to the table. Um, But this isn't his movie. So what does that say about, you know, Paul Rudd and the rest of the cast? Like these are people that have been in this franchise. This is their third movie. And now, you know, Kang the Conqueror or Jonathan Majors shows up and he pretty much takes over the movie. So, you know, I'm very interested in seeing what goes down in this. I'm still going to go see the movie uh, because I've already had plans to go see the movie. So I want to see this movie and see it for myself. uh, And I'll give you guys a review on that for sure. Um, But, yeah, we're going to talk about this movie a little bit more for sure later on this week. But, you know, what does that say for for, you know, people that collect the comics and, you know, are really invested in these movies, you know, bringing these characters out? Are the values of these books going to still be the same, you know, when these movies start to just fizzle out? You know, that's a question that's kind of been on my mind when it comes to investing in these uh, comic books and investing in these movies and stuff like that. I'm going to read comics regardless because that's what I love to do. But, you know, as far as the guys that, you know, collect some of these books based off of spec, how do you feel when... You go see a movie uh, and you spent a whole lot of Chibato on getting Kang the Conqueror's first appearance and he's the only good part about the movie. Does that like kill the resale of the book? Like, yeah, I really want to, you know, dig more into this. But, you know, with that said, with, you know, all this comic book talking and, you know, speculators and investing and reading dope comics, let's kick it over to JT and see what he has for us on New Comic Book Day, man. He picked up a lot of good stuff. So let's check it out and see what uh, his top picks were for this week's New Comic Book Day. JT, what's going on, man? Listen, I didn't get a chance to talk to Isaac this week about New Comic Book Day, but from what I can see over at Kaboom Comics, it looks like it was another busy week for comic book collectors. What'd you pick up? Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Hey, I'm here. Um, Well, first up, we've got I Am Batman by John Ridley. This is issue number 18, and this is actually his last issue for this storyline. Um, basically what we find in this last issue is Jace Fox is coming to terms with his past, uh, the things that he thought were once true, or he finds out are not true. Uh, the revelation of lost family. And for anybody who hasn't read, I'll encourage you to go back and read the previous issues. Um, and the introduction of, I guess what you would say, two new characters, uh, one of them is his younger sister, you know, but she she dons like her full uh, costume and she's doing teamwork with him. And there's kind of like in a Robin like situation, which was actually pretty dope to see. Um, and then we have, I guess you would say, another reimagining of the character that is known as the question, which was an amazing. I love the artwork for this. and It was really good. It's unfortunate that the the. The, the story basically ends here with issue 18. Hopefully, you know, if sales were solid on this run, hopefully, you know, they'll bring back Jace because there's more of the story to tell. He's got to explore the missing component of his life. That's his family. He's got to explore more of the deception that he basically had to live with his entire life. It's a whole lot to unpack in this one issue. I really, you know, I recommend Anyone who's a fan of um, John Ridley's writing on this particular book, 
to make sure they don't miss out on it. There's a couple of different covers, including the one in 25. I went with the cover A, um, which is a beautiful cover. And it's actually a classic Batman pose. So I would definitely recommend that. And next up, I have Icon versus um, Hardware, number one, Worlds Collide, Act One. Um, for anybody who has been living under a rock, you did not know that, you know, Milestone Media has relaunched after, uh, you know, 30 years or so. And basically with this, we have a story by Leon Chills and Resident Hudlin. And we've got artwork by Dennis Cowan, who was one of the original uh, founders of Milestone. And this issue starts off. I, I don't know how to put it. it. It's it's a simple yet complex story all at once because basically we find um, Rocket, who is Icon's uh, partner, uh, Raquel, and you see that she is in a new environment and she's taking on new situations where she has to use not just her physical prowess but her intelligence because what it turns out is that Icon is grooming her to become a leader on the world stage. He sees so much potential in this young lady and how she can contribute to society and help better change the world through various initiatives. And that comes with being educated as well as being functional in a fight. So he's encouraging all that and he's working on all that. Um, and then, of course, there is another side story with him per se, with his love interest, with his, uh, I think, Zamara is her name. And mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. nice to see that because, you know, Reginald Hudlin is always talking about relationships and Black love and this. And it's right. actually cool to see these two super-powered characters, like, developing a, a serious relationship. But even then, that's still kind of like a small piece of the story, but it's a significant piece. And finally, we have hardware, and I know, you know, He's one of my favorites, so it's going to sound like I'm not being impartial, but I am. I am. He's still on the run from 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 Alva Industries, mm -hmm. and he's got to stay one step ahead of him. At the same time, he is now delving further into the character of Icon, Augustus Freeman the Fourth, I believe, and he is looking at him like, well, this guy's an alien. So I mean, he's got alien technology. Maybe I can get some of that technology to help level the playing field for me, right? And he's not necessarily looking at Icon as a threat, but, he, uh, you know, he's looking at it like I could utilize some of this guy's tech. Um, hmm. Fast forward, he gets a hold of some technology, but it's not what you think it is. And... All I got to say is time travels involved and it really didn't end the way he wanted it to either. It, 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 it turned into being a bigger disaster than not. He figured he could right some of the wrongs of the past. And then he found out a harsh lesson of it's never that easy, but that was really a, a good read. I would recommend anybody who was a fan nice. of any of these characters, pick it up and, you know, it's it, it shows that they're building something that's going to expand past, you know, just like one or two characters. And I really am excited for how this is going to play out. So it's definitely something worth looking at. Lastly, I've got uh, Marvel Voices, Wakanda Forever, number one. 
which is a, oh, obviously so a good so. play. It's a good play on the on the you know movie being just being released on Disney Plus and things like that. And you know, this focuses on various aspects of not just uh, Black Panther, but various characters and that whole mythos and Wakanda itself and the governing body. You know, there's a story in there basically about T'Challa refocusing, finding himself after the events of the recent run, also written by John Ridley. And, you know, that story in itself was like the first one, and it was an amazing read, and it was something that was self-reflective for T'Challa and as well as him dealing with issues involving his ancestors. And then, you know, then you switch over to another story where we have a young lady who is trying out to be a Dora Milaje. And it's like the trials she has to go through. And that was, you know, a really fun read in itself. It wasn't long. Most of the stories aren't long. There's like four or so stories in here. And then the last one in that particular issue um, was the, I guess you would say it's the first appearance of the last Black Panther. The way it is, is like, you know, obviously we're yeah. in a situation where the world is like in, in literally in fire, on, on fire. Right. And it's like, you know, you have like this this last Black Panther. And it was actually a pretty cool read. Uh, my, only, my only issue with that was it, it felt like it was very short. But the book itself is, uh, is sporting a $5.99 price tag for a reason. There's a yeah. lot of material in this book and it's well worth it. I went with cover A. It's a Ken mm-hmm. Lashley cover, and you can't go wrong with Ken Lashley's artwork. So, you know, I definitely had to pick that up. Um, but that's it for this week. Um, hopefully, you guys will find something out there in the shops that you really enjoy. As always, I'm gonna I'm going to encourage you to always pre-order your books. It helps generate sales for not just the shop, but for the company, so that we keep getting these fantastic stories. And you know, try and remember to. Support your shops. Go in, build relationships. Talk to the owner. Talk to the guy behind the counter. You'd be surprised how many cool conversations you can have and recommendations you might get for new books. And it's just, you know, we're a small community. We're a niche community. And it's good that we support each other. But as always, keep it 100. You guys stay safe, okay? Thanks again to JT for giving us those great reviews uh, with his top picks on New Comic Book Day, man. Uh, and Isaac will be back next week. It was kind of my fault that he wasn't on this week. Well, we didn't have a show at all on Monday this week. Uh, I was celebrating my one-year marriage anniversary with my wife in San Antonio. So, uh, yeah, Isaac will be back next week with um, his previews for your pull list on Monday. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, so let's talk about this last topic of discussion uh the flash um trailer came out this week on super bowl sunday and you know i'm not gonna lie it was a pretty cool trailer it was a pretty cool trailer and mainly because of michael keaton you know he is the og batman he's the batman that i first saw uh, you know in a movie and everything as a kid uh so i'm really really excited to see michael keaton put on the the bat costume again but then uh all these things came out about ezra miller and it kind of dwindled my excitement a lot 
Uh, so I won't be going to see this movie in theaters. Uh, maybe I'll find a way to watch it, you know, somewhere at home, but I will not be going to see this movie in theaters. I can't, I can't see myself giving them, uh, my money, uh, for this movie. I just can't, I can't see myself doing that, but you know, it was a very interesting trailer. It looks like they're going to be pulling from, you know, the flashpoint timeline or a flashpoint storyline, uh, from the comics, but I think it was written by Jeff Johns. So, you know, it's a classic story. A lot of people love that story. I think they even did an animated movie about it. So it's, you know, it's a really dope story, man. Um, so we're going to have Michael Keaton in there as Batman, we're going to have uh, Ben Affleck is going to be making an appearance in this movie as Batman. Uh, there's going to be multiple Flash running around and um, uh, there's a Supergirl in there. So it looks like it's going to be a fun movie, um, but it also looks like it's more of the same from the Snyderverse uh, stuff, you know, with Flash and Superman and, you know, Zod and all that stuff. So it looks like it's more of that universe still. Um, obviously because this movie's been done for quite a while. So yeah, James Gunn and Peter Safran really have nothing to do with it. But the only thing other than Ezra that I'm not a fan of right now with this movie is I'm not really a fan of James Gunn pushing this movie on people so hard. You know, he has been quoted saying that this is going to be the best superhero movie uh, ever type of stuff. You know, like he's been on that note. Uh, and I don't really like that because I feel like they're trying to push this really, really hard so that they can make a lot of money to potentially bring Ezra Miller back as the flash because i feel like if they win big with this movie he will be back in that flash costume and i don't want to see that i really don't want to see that call me a hater all you want but i don't want to see ezra miller back in this in that costume and honestly if i do see him back in this costume james gunn i'm sorry brother but i will not be watching any of the dc movies going forward i just won't be able to pull myself together to, to support that at all but I guess my question uh, that you guys will have to tune into later on this week is, you know, if this movie, The Flash, is a big success, two things. Will we see more of Michael Keaton and will Ezra Miller return as The Flash? And, you know, we'll know what's throw another question in there. Will you support this flash movie or the dcu going forward so we're definitely going to talk about this uh this saturday my k and myself you know the chibata boys will be back uh on saturday so tune in because i really want to do a deep dive on that conversation about the flash and everything with k so make sure you guys tune in this saturday to the one in 100 podcast uh you know and hear what the chibata boys have to say about it but with that said that'll do it for today's episode of the one in 100 podcast please hit that subscribe button make sure you tell your friends to check it out uh the numbers are doing great so i appreciate you guys tuning in hit that subscribe button on all major platforms and yeah i'm your host amir and this is the one and 100 podcast <laughs>